0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. So we want to welcome you online, and um, we're going to start with a scripture to lead us into the third component of this four-dimensional church series. And so in honor of God's word, we're gonna put the slide up there, which is Ephesians four. Would you stand? And I would like for you to um, say loud and proud together um, the wording or the sentences that are in mustard yellow. So mustard yellow is the color today. So what we're gonna do is I'll read the white and you guys read the mustard. So here we go, ready? And he gave the apostles, meaning Jesus Christ, when he ascended, he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers. This is the leadership structure of oversight for the church. OK, Let me read that again so I can prompt you. And he gave the apostles, the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to, to equip the Wow, it sounds good. The up the body of nice until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Let's do it together. Rather, speak speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So would you repeat after me as we pray? Father God. Father God, Jesus the Son, Jesus the Son. Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach, us, you to teach us. Transform us, transform us, and bring glory to your Son. And bring glory to your Son. In Jesus' name, Jesus amen. amen. During this series, we are talking about the main thing, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And I want us to just every Sunday, look at this. This is not, by the way, just like a teaching series that we're doing in 2021, this is moving forward. And I believe our heart and our vision as elevation for the past 10 years has been this, but we really wanna articulate it and clearly communicate this to the hearts of our people. That when doing church and when growing in Christ, this needs to be the main thing. Not doctrine, not denominations, not unessential theology not dissension and division over things that truly don't matter, but this is what we want in everything. Through every part of our ministry here at Elevation Community Church, we wanna see this in every single person's home. And in the next generation as they're raised up and discipled and then sent out to college in adulthood, that this would be the main thing. And the main thing is this, that we would see real people following Jesus. If you leave Sunday in and Sunday out without following and stepping after the leader of your life, Jesus Christ, the main thing is not happening in your life. And sadly, it may not even be happening in the church you attend. The main thing is real people following Jesus, being the church. It's not a building. Jesus says, I will build my church, Peter, on this rock. He means ecclesia, which is people who are called by his name and filled with his spirit. So being the church where the Holy Spirit dwells, filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Today in E101, week four at nine o'clock, we talked all about the Holy Spirit. If you still have not been able to come to E101, I want to invite you, since this is our first year doing it, come to week five, nine o'clock next Sunday. We'd love to have you. Growing Say growing, growing to look more and more like Jesus in everything we do through Christ's humility and love while living a life of sacrifice and obedience to fulfill the great commission. The great commission, Jesus said before he left this earth earth to go and make disciples of all people, teaching them, baptizing them, following Jesus's ways and being led by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the main thing which every church under the Godhead should be focused on. Now, most Christian churches will tell you the Great Commission is the main thing, but are we seeing it happen within the church walls and out in the community? Sadly, I'm not sure we are as much as we should be seeing. Would you agree? And so this is the main thing. And this is where we get the four-dimensional church and Christian series. We want you to be growing, reflecting God, to be very dimensional and impactful so that you're the light of Christ as you go into your world, your sphere of mission work. The first dimension is going dark. This is creating a lifestyle of prayer, not just going to a dark room, but literally the darkness of your heart in the sense where you're putting dark, a stop or a pause to all the noise and commotion and distractions of your life. And we have thousands of them to silence yourself and realign to God. If you're not doing that, you're going to be tossed to and fro by the winds of doctrine, lies and deceit, and circumstances of life. And so going dark is absolutely crucial and is the first dimension to growing into that four-dimensional Christian that the Bible clearly talks about. The next dimension then is going deep. We took two weeks on that to go deep into our life, not just to go read the word, but to go deep into the knowledge and the wisdom of the word. Not to just know the word information, but to be transformed by the word. Not to just know Jesus as a name we flip off the, our tongue when talking about Christianity, but we know, intimately know and been changed by Jesus. Going deeper into our worship, going deeper into learning and going deeper into fellowship. We just scratch the surface of what it means to go deep as a Christian, as a church. And believe me, I feel like we're just at the tip of the surface, maybe a little bit under of the depth that God is wanting to lead his church into. Where we're radical and life change is happening wherever we go. And people who see us in the church building see the same power, the same love, the same fruits of the spirit as they see in the grocery line or at the stoplight in traffic. No, we're not perfect, but when we align ourselves with Jesus and align ourselves with a passion to follow him, we will begin to be transformed into Jesus's image. The third dimension I want to introduce to you today is after going dark, going deep, when we tap into those things and we make this the main thing, friends, we will grow daily. Sadly, the American church is a mile, I would say five miles wide and an inch deep. And I'm not just talking in our knowledge of Christ, but in our applying of Christ. A good, I mean, a good measuring system and I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you regularly share the gospel of Jesus to people? The percentage is so low, why? It's because we're not growing daily in the knowledge of the word, nor are we growing daily in our relationship to be able to share the testimony of what God is doing. Sharing the gospel of Jesus is not about quoting scripture, it's about giving testimony and witness to what God has done in your life. So if we're not growing, we cannot go. There is no going without truly growing. And we say we wanna share, we wanna do the Great Commission, we wanna make disciples, how are you growing? I didn't say you have to grow to maturity before you go. We just need to be growing in the stepping up in our relationship with Christ as we step into our relationship with others and as we step out into the mission field, we must be growing. All of us are growing at different rates in different places and levels and that's, the, that's a beautiful thing. But the important thing is that we're growing daily because we're going deep in the priorities of spiritual living and we're going dark to be in the presence of God, because that's where transformation is at. So our call to grow, our call to grow is this. If you're not growing, you are going to be hindering your growing, excuse me, if you're not growing, you're gonna be hindering your going to carry out Christ's command, to go and make disciples. If you are not growing, you are going to hinder your going in sharing the good news and making disciples by the way you model your life. This is where it gets to the nitty gritty of taking inventory of things in our life that we are not following Christ with, the things in our lives that are not glorifying Christ. That's not legalism friends, that's holiness. That's seeking the face of God because we understand that we can't seek the face of God when we have sin in our lives. We can seek him, but we're not gonna grow when we have things in our lives that we're not willing to lay down and ask forgiveness and cleansing for. So in order to grow, we need to let go of the things hindering us from going in Christ. Now I wanna just today, give you three major keys of what it may look like to be growing daily in your relationship with God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I believe a story in the gospel paints this so beautifully because Jesus was carrying out three years of ministry and the majority of that ministry was pouring into the outcast of men and women who would change the course and the trajectory of the world through starting the first ever church plant. And these three keys are modeled in Matthew 14. If you have your Bibles with you, please go ahead and do that. We're gonna be reading from the New Living Translation today. This is, mind you, directly after Jesus does this amazing miracle through the hands of the disciples of feeding 5,000 men, not including women and children. So they saw the power of God multiplied right before their eyes. And then they get in a boat and Jesus says, hey, go ahead, I'll meet you on the other side. And they get in the boat And they're in there for quite a long time because it takes time. They did not have motorboats, they did not have that kind of thing. They were rowing to get to the other side. And let's look what happens. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. They were in trouble right after an incredible heavenly miracle. They got into trouble far away from the land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, so you know it's been a long time, Jesus came toward them, not on the other side of land, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were absolutely terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. And we see this so many times when Jesus steps onto the scene. He says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. His name when he was born was prophesied to be Emmanuel. God with us. And he's stating that prophecy and fulfilling that prophecy by saying, I am here with you. Do you realize in the midst of your storm, even when water, the impossible separates you from Jesus, Jesus does the possible, the impossible, he makes it possible to get to where you are. But they had to acknowledge him. And Peter then said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus says, yes, come, Peter. So Peter went over the side of the boat. Stupid Peter. But in faith, he wanted to get where Jesus was. And he knew that Jesus, at the hand of Jesus, there was power and miracles and the impossible things done. And he wanted to be next to Jesus. So Peter went outside of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. He's doing the impossible. And even in the impossible, he saw the strong wind and the waves. And in order to see the strong wind and waves around him, he had to take his eyes off of Jesus. And he began to sink. And he said, save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately, it didn't say Jesus waited. It didn't say Jesus laughed. It didn't say Jesus slapped him. It says Jesus immediately reached in and grabbed him. And he says, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? You were walking on water. <laughs> and I think in this story, as we talk about growing daily, I think we need to understand the storms In our lives, in the Bible, these storms that they experienced, this one specifically, they literally thought it was their last time seeing anyone they knew. It was their last breath they were going to take. Shipwrecks and and boat accidents happened all the time because there was no rescue crew. There were no Navy SEALs coming. There was no lighthouse. There was no safe refuge, safe haven. They didn't have an anchor. They thought they were going to die. They had no backup plan, no safety net, and they were fearing for their lives. That's why when someone came on the water, they've never experienced that before. So they thought it would be a ghost, but it was Jesus. And so I wanna talk about three major things that we take from this experience into our own lives in order to grow daily. Let me just say this too, God's design for the body of Christ is to grow daily, not Sunday for two hours in a church building. Never was the design. We talk about acts all the time that they met in each other's homes. But no, it also says they went to the temple every day together. Why? To worship. To worship God together. If Sunday is the only time you are connecting with other believers and connecting with God in worship and prayer, you are not growing. You are not growing to the degree that you can, where we see Peter walking on the water to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying go to a body of water now, and if you're growing daily, you can step on the water and walk. No. I'm saying growing daily should show others that we are stepping out in following Jesus, and there should be signs and indication of life change. So let's look at point number one in growing daily. Growth requires tension. Don't believe me, Go ask anyone who is very physically fit and works out a lot. They do not get the physique that they have and the healthy bodies that they have by going to the gym once a week. They don't. And I understand that some of us are walking in what we think is a natural design of eating whatever we want and the body just stays like it is but then you hit an age, like I hit 42 and I have to keep hiding this. It's because it wasn't once there and now it seems to be there. And if I don't physically and daily take care of it, it's just gonna stay there or even grow further and further to the front row. Just saying, we need tension in our lives. When New Year's comes, there's tension because who we wanted to be in 2021 that we didn't measure up to, we put that in 2022. And most of that tension is, I just need to change. I'm overweight, I'm not in, in, in health, my, my relationships, my priorities, and we just, we feel that tension. But if we don't keep that tension, And storms in our lives don't keep us grounded and growing daily, it just becomes a resolution that fades within three weeks. This kind of tension requires circumstances and life situations to draw us to grow. What do we do when tension comes? We usually release and step back and walk away. What did Peter do? Once he realized it was Jesus, he pressed in, while the other disciples remained in their comfort panic selves. So we need to learn to embrace seasons of difficulties. I'm talking to myself. I've had quite a few challenges in the last six months personally and in ministry. And it's through embracing and keeping our eyes on Jesus that we're going to see daily growth. But if you don't have storms, you stay comfortable. Storms get you out of the boat and get your eyes either on the storm or on the author of the storm. Now, storms are bad for many Christians because we don't, get our eyes off of the storms, the winds and the waves that come crashing in, the challenges in work, the family challenges, divorce, rocky marriages, our country, loss, COVID, devastation, emotional pain, depression, loneliness. These winds and waves come crashing into the boat of our lives. What do you do with that? Do you allow the tension of the storm to draw you to Jesus or do you allow the tension of the storm to draw you into fear and panic and curl into a fetal position of fear? But when we keep our eyes on the main thing as Christians, storms are for our good. They strengthen us. Look at the time where you grew most in your relationship with God, and you will probably be directed to a storm in your life that led you there. Romans chapter five, verse three through five says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems. Have you ever rejoiced when problems and trials come in your life? Some of you have, and it changes you. For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and the character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment. So in each storm that comes our way, we have a choice. Do you embrace the storm in faith or do you cower underneath the storm in fear? You do have the choice. It's not God doing it to you and making and dictating the choice for you. When storms of life come, will you embrace the God who created the storm? The God who's the author of the storm and not saying that the storms in your life, God just brings because he allows the broken, sinful world to take its course. It's not always God doing it to you, but he allows storms to come into your life, trials to come into your life, to grow you as you connect and align with Jesus. Are you allowing and making the choice to pursue the world in dealing with your problems? Or are you pursuing Jesus, how you handle the storms of your life will determine the growth that comes out of it. How you handle the storms of your life will determine how you grow daily. How you respond to the circumstances in your life will drive the behavior, the priorities, and the lifestyle that you create. Growth requires the perfect storm. Number two, growth requires getting out of the boat. Growth requires. Change. I learned this by going through one of the hardest times in my life in 2006. My life coach, Pastor David Robinette, met with me every week for a year and a half because I was in a boat where storms and waves and winds were tossing me to and fro. And I needed to learn how to grow. And he said this, and it's gonna be on the screen that I hope changes you. No, it's the other one, change. Growth requires change. You cannot grow by staying where you're at, amen? You can't. If you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, that's not change. That's called insanity. Growth requires change and that change always brings loss. Sometimes it's the loss that is so good and sometimes it's the loss that grieves us and breaks us. But don't be mistaken. If you want to grow, you need to change. And in order to change, we have to leave where we are, what is holding us there, what is keeping us there, and what we're seeking and pursuing here. We have to lose that, grieve that, move away from that in order to get to the new change, which will bring growth. What kind of loss are you experiencing that is allowing you to change and grow? See, the American Christian is so comfortable We have everything in our beck and call and all the churches have all these different programs that just feed you left and right, which is a great thing. But the pastors and the leaders cannot change you. We can lead you to Jesus, but we cannot force you to respond to Jesus. And so growth requires change. And why do most people not change? It's because they don't want to experience loss. What we need to ask is what we are changing for, is it worth the loss of what we're losing? Are you going to change the hour to two hours that you have a free time, are you going to change what you're watching and what you're doing in order to make time to press in to God? You have a choice. When you're in the car, you have a choice, whether to listen to this, listen to that, or nothing at all and be still. We have choices and we have to be willing to lose something in order to pursue the change that we're longing to see. Growth requires getting out of the boat. You know, just like these disciples, I know in my life, earlier on in my Christian walk, when storms would come, I'd say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you right now. I'm desperate, my life looks looks dim. I don't know what to do. I need you. And Jesus always, when we cry out to the Lord, always enters the storms of our lives, always. But then the next thing that comes, we don't want to hear is come to me, get out of your boat that is getting you in this situation in the first place. And we say, oh no, Jesus, you can you can calm the storm right from there. I'm good right here. I don't want to go talk to my neighbor. I don't want to, I don't want to address the situation in the school. I don't want to do this. I'm good. But Jesus, would you come and take over? No, you can't take over because what is taken over is the boat that you're in. In order to change, we need to leave whatever is our anchor and our support system, we need to take that off the throne of our lives and put Jesus onto the throne of our lives. And Jesus always says, will you lose yourself and lose whatever you're pursuing to gain me? Because when we gain Jesus, we gain everything. 1 John 2, Verse 15 through 17 says, do not love this world, your boats. Do not love the things it offers for when you love the world, you do not love the Father. The love of the Father is not in you. When you stay in the boat and he's beckoning you out to change and you don't, you're not interacting with the love of the Father. For the world offers only a craving of physical pleasure A craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. Pride keeps you in the boat. Pursuit for things you can see and feel and give temporary pleasure keep you in the boat. Things that only bring comfort and security keep you in the boat. This world is... Fading away because these things are not from the Father, but this world. And along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Peter was the only disciple in that situation that pleased God because he got out of the boat. He traded his safety. He traded his comfort. He traded his questions. He traded his fears for trust in Jesus. We cannot have it both ways. We cannot have one foot in the boat and one foot out. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve wealth and money. Have you tried in your dating life, have you ever tried dating more than one person at the same time? Yeah, how did that go? and yet we do it with God all the time. Have you tried playing two different sports, teens and kids? I know a lot of kids will play like spring soccer and spring baseball. It is so difficult and the parents are pulling the hair out of their head from trying to be at every practice and every game. You cannot give the attention and the skill and the energy to just one sport when you're playing other things. I'm not saying don't live life. I'm not saying don't go to Kings Island or or go to, to festivals or go have fun and go to sporting events and concerts. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, what is filling the core of who you are? What is determining the boat that you are sailing in? We cannot say we live for God and yet live for the world and be a four-dimensional church. It will not happen. What does Toby Max say? I don't wanna gain the whole world and lose my soul. And I just hear Mandisa singing, right? I don't wanna gain the world when I know it's gonna lose my soul. What are you willing to gain? What boat are you choosing to sit in and live in? Will determine if you grow or not spiritually. Growth requires the perfect storm, growth requires getting out of the boat. And finally, growth requires keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 12, verse 1b to 2a, says, let us run with endurance. Do you remember Romans five we read a couple points ago? He said that trials will produce perseverance, patience, and endurance. You wanna run with endurance, the race that God set out before you? You need the tension and the storms. They're not a bad thing. They don't have to be a bad thing. It could be bad things, but it's what you make it. It's how you respond It's how you press in and what you anchor your life to. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this. See, the Bible is so clear to us. It says, run with endurance the race that God has set out for you. Well, how do I do it, God? Well, here it is. We do it by keeping our eyes on Jesus, just like Peter had to keep his eyes on Jesus in order to walk on the water, to defy Gravity. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, the one who is able to calm the storm, the one that holds everything Colossians 2 together. Let us run the race with endurance And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. There's a quote, I just wanna give you this. And I would love for you to be encouraged and to keep this in front of you. So feel free, I'm not offended if you pull out your phones and take a snapshot of this. I think this is such a key that if we begin to apply this friends, we will see daily growth in our lives. Number one, we fix our eyes on Jesus. And this involves living in and by God's word. You cannot live in and by God's word if you don't know it, if you do not consume it. We live in a day where there should be no difficulty and no challenge getting God's word within us. There's no excuses. There just isn't. We have to grow in God's word. We also have to, in God's word, we see Jesus's life and his ways. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we need to learn Jesus's ways and life and reflect it, apply it. If what we're doing in life, in how we're responding in life, does not align to the ways and life of Jesus, it's gotta go. It will hinder your growth. Fixing our eyes on Jesus involves in living in and by God's word, following the ways in the life of Jesus and fully yielding to the Holy Spirit to guide and empower us. You cannot walk on the water of the storms of your life without the Holy Spirit enabling you to do so while your eyes are fixed on the ways and the life of Jesus, grounded, anchored in the word of God. That's good, friends. That's solid Christian living. You want to grow? Do this. Will you mess up? Absolutely. Will you sink like Peter did? Absolutely. Will you cry out for Jesus to save you? I don't know, will you? We need to grow. Band, you can come on up. I wanna give you just three questions based off of the three points of growing daily. And I just wanna encourage you to take them for yourself and to press into that. The first one is, what storms right now in your life that... that Jesus may be waiting for you to allow him to enter into the storm. What storm? What storm's circumstances, challenges, and trials is Jesus standing in the distance, in the midst and the fog of the storm, waiting for you to acknowledge him? What will you do? with the storms and circumstances you are now facing. Point number two, where do you need to step out of your boat? Step out in faith and take steps towards Jesus. Look in your life where you're just not seeing spiritual growth or maybe look at your life where you want to grow and ask yourself and ask, More importantly, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it is you need to do to get out of the boat of where you are to walk towards Jesus and experience life change, daily growth. And lastly, what might be distracting you? and keeping you from staying focused on Jesus. You may have gotten out of your boat and you're walking the good faith and all of a sudden the winds and waves just, like you just didn't see them coming and they crash your boat. I tell you, it stinks. It's difficult when storms that you did not see coming hit your boat hard and crash you down. A loss of a loved one crashes you and wrecks you. A loss of a job you didn't see coming. COVID, we didn't see coming necessarily. The things in your life, the horrible sorrows you don't see, and it hits you and wrecks you. Where do you need to get out of the boat, abandon everything you know, and walk in faith Towards Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you. We open our hearts to you right now. Whether in our living room, whether in the sanctuary, whether during response we come to the corners of this sanctuary and get communion, and we reflect on what you did for us, Jesus, or whether we come to the altar as a symbol of surrender and sacrifice, and we pray, or whether we sit or stand right where we're at, God, Jesus the Son, we look to you right now. You know the storms we're facing, you know the challenges, you know the hang-ups. you know the things that we are intentionally doing that are keeping us in our boat and in the storm. Jesus, would you, would you come? Would you enter in? We welcome you. We seek you and we shout out, Jesus, save us. And I pray right now, God, as people all over do that, you're gonna meet them right where they're at. You're gonna lift them up and bring them up with you and walk with them. As we respond this morning, allow Jesus to meet you right where you are. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.